everybody. Welcome into another episode of Can I Steal You for a Second? I am Ashley Young. I have Shay on the line with me. We are still in quarantine, still on Skype, but we are delivering the Bachelor content and we are on week two of Listen to Your Heart. Shay, you said you were all in last week. Does that hold true after episode two? I mean, yes, because I feel like in this metaphor, once I'm all in, I would have to like actively climb to get back out and there's nothing that's sort of deterring me yet. My enthusiasm has waned a little bit. What? Why? What's the short answer? I mean, just the natural bachelor progression. I feel like my energy (laughs) show is never at a higher point than it is during the premiere. Um, But no, I, I, I'm, I'm still pretty into it. I still am like satisfied with the drama. Uh, I feel like this episode was like a little weak on the music, but they're promising us that, that next week so yeah i'm still in i'm still in okay in defense of bachelor production this is a wild card for them i agree with you last night's episode did not give me the music i had hoped for especially when we're working with such a short six episode timeline but also it's so foreign to what they've been giving bachelor fans i can see them being a little reluctant to turn it into like american idol right off the bat But I'm with you. I wasn't as excited last night. I think I was a little aggressive, a little too all in week one. (laughs) But I did kind of like, I like the dates and the drama and the different relationships that are unfolding. Um, But let's just get right into the dates. We have four dates in the episode, which is such a treat. And we see date number one, our couple from week one, Trevor and Jamie. So they... Of all the strange dates we've seen in Bachelor Nation, this one was particularly strange to me. (laughs) They went out on, like, the beach. (laughs) Yeah, like, what? This is not a date. This was like, hey, babe, let's go to work. They went and played music and, like, collected money as their date. Like, I get your musicians, but, like, busking for change at (laughs) Venice Beach, I don't know if I would call that a date. Were you as weirded out by this selection as I was? Yes, because there was no other element or like spontaneity to it where it's like, let's have like a, you know, we're going to go get a meal or get a drink or like, you know, walk the boardwalk or whatever. And then it's like, oh, we're musicians. Let's like play some. And then people gather because they see the production crew or whatever. It was very just like, that was it. It was like, all right, busk. (laughs) And then they had to like, yeah, pick us up. We can get into the rest of Jamie and Trevor's relationship later, but I... I don't want to sound too harsh too early, but I'm beginning to not question, but yes, question her like musical chops because both days she's been on, she's a thousand percent deferred to the guy on like, oh, like you lead or like, oh, like you play the guitar, like you do everything. I'll just sing along. (laughs) Kind of like, uh, given given what we've seen from so many other people on the show that are like truly bringing it in the musical department, I'm kind of like, I am, I'm not sure if this is what you were cast. Okay, I I see you. I hear you because she had a phrase she said at the first episode and last night as well, where you know they're kind of suggesting songs to sing. She's like, I don't know if that's really my style, which is just sounds like a little bit of a cop out to me. Um, you know, obviously she's much more talented. I am not a singer. Um, yeah. I won't even do karaoke. So anyone who can remotely hold a tune is amazing in my eyes. So she's definitely talented, but there is a weird lack of confidence that's being portrayed for these people that are a inherently performers and very talented, but also you signed up to do this on national television. This isn't like a local coffee shop where you like have butterflies and you're nervous. You knew you were going to be on national television. I kind of want to see her own it. And she has this weird coy like reservation about her and I don't get it. Coy is a great word. And I think that's like that more than, I don't know. I'm willing to believe that the musical chops are there. I just, I feel like I wish I saw her sort of like assert or like participate more. Um, I don't know. I also, 
she lost me when she started singing and a twang jumped out because it's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> People sing with accents that they don't actually have. <laughs> Uh, I feel that and she you know on her bio on the site it says that her genre it's not just country it's pop country and it says she's from Nashville Tennessee and I'm pretty sure she moved there recently so I think she's just really trying to pitch her brand she's only 21 Um, she has all the reason in the world to be confident but I just think she's young and she's still trying to figure it out 21 in my mind is like still young, still naive, still, you don't have the confidence of like a 30 year old woman. Like you have a lot of life to kind of navigate your twenties are for figuring that out. So I want to shake her and like have her just like rock the guy's world, but she's young. And I think, you know, I'm losing steam. Like you said, in her, her chops for being on this type of show. Yeah, I'm hoping the the more idol-esque competitions really sort of encourage her to like where they maybe have more time to prepare and she has a little bit more say in like um, what they're singing and doing. Um, to be fair, she did pick that song. Anyways, there was another big <laughs> thing that sort of shook her 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 world this episode um, that did involve a confident thirty-something-year-old woman. So, oh my god! Uh, and Natasha's like. She gives me like middle-aged real housewife on Bravo energy. Like she rolled in there. Natasha's new rolls in and was like, I'm here to create chaos. Like she doesn't feel like she fits the bill of this show. I was like, what is this real housewife doing on listen to your heart? Like, mom, did you flip the channel last night? I was so confused. And of the women like had to that point, like their, their aesthetics and their brands did, skew more sort of like folksy indie um i don't know like i'm yeah i'm I'm blanking on the right words but like very different from the sort of miami pop energy that Natasha (laughs) walked in with well i am from new jersey and obviously growing up you only know what you know And so I went to school in New England where everything's like very preppy and kind of like subtle and undertoned. And I came from like land of like poofy hair and acrylic nails and everyone is just like loud and rambunctious. And I was like, oh, that's how people dress and that's how people communicate. And you leave your New Jersey East Coast, like New York bubble and you're like, oh my God, (laughs) What a nightmare. So when she came on the screen, she literally said, you know, I'm from New York. I don't give, you know, a crap about whatever. She was ready. And she has like the big hair, the big lips. Like there's a, there's a look to her. If you haven't watched the episode yet, um, Shay, I think you, you said it best where everyone else is kind of undertoned, like folksy, a little more, you know, artsy looking. And she's definitely like this calculated aesthetic. Yeah, they're very like to use like the music reference points, like they're very Austin and Nashville and she is like super, uh, I don't know, Miami and probably LA too. <laughs> yeah. Her bio says she's from LA. She's serving big, which is weird. Cause she came on and was like, I'm from New York. Everyone needs to pick a lane because this website is messing me up. I have it in front of me at all times. And, and I kept saying Miami cause I'm pretty sure that's where I like saw her associated with when I was doing my like pre-show research. So whatever people just y'all figure out your stories before you go on national television. Uh, Um, Anyway, anyway, the whole reason we're talking about uh, Natasha is she rolls up and she, I, I feel like Natasha's a plant, but whatever she rolls in and is just like, I know Trevor and Trevor's not even in the house. He's on a date with Jamie. So I'm like, how does she even know Trevor exists? Right? Like that was a little strange to me. Yeah. Well, no, there was a conversation there. So I have a, I have a couple of questions um, because right. to the plant point, I almost want to call up our good pal, Alex and be like, how does, how do, what's the inner workings of these, you know, when people know people from their pasts, is it, are they cast after the other person? Trevor was, uh, I think, a special case in that because he had been on American Idol, he was relatively known. So, yeah, I don't know. 
But anyways, there was a conversation where she was like, is this everyone? And they're like, no, Trevor and Jamie are gone. And she says, is Trevor the one from American Idol? And they say yes. And then she's like, oh, I know him. But yes. And then she drops that, like, straight up, he's a cheater. She did not waste time. She's like, oh, I know Trevor. He cheated on his girlfriend. Yeah. And everyone was like, Like, she just came out swinging. And I get it. We all have, like, you know, a friend that we want to, like, absolutely, you know, wreck their the ex that broke their heart. I get that. I've been that friend. But to come in swinging like that, Natasha, you are not there as, like, trying to fight and defend your friend's honor. You're there, allegedly, to find love and to, you know, further your music career. So I thought it was really strange that, you know, obviously... I loved watching the drama unfold. I'm living for it. But what a weird tactic and approach and strategy to this show to make your first interaction in the house just digging up old dirt on someone. Yeah, it was very exposing it. And like she frames it as like looking out for Jamie, but like it's kind of clear that it's not. Like, I don't know. I mean, it didn't seem there are ways to go about it that you know, you wait till they get back and then you pull Jamie aside or you pull Trevor aside first and like whatever. And I don't know. It was just, it was, it was, <laughs> it was handled for maximum drama, which you can't really blame them for, but also you can kind of be a little skeptical of. Yeah. So she came out and she's like, I wish, you know, when I was young and 21, I had someone older looking out for me. I'm like anyone that has to oversell while, th- why they're doing something is not doing it for the right reasons. She wanted to just stir the pot. She wanted to get Trevor in this gotcha moment. And she's like, hey, can we talk? And he's like, maybe. And she's like, no, we're talking now. And demanded that they have this, uh, you know, trial affair. And she basically was like, I know you. Because when that happened, I loved his first reaction to her being like, I know you. And his, his, he squints his eyes. And like, to me, it was like, I don't, I genuinely don't know if he recognized her or not. Cause I don't, I don't know how, whether they'd met before, like what that background was, but it was just, it was so funny. Cause it was just like, um, clearly it was both the face of someone who genuinely had no idea who the person was. And also when you're pretending, you don't know who the person is. <laughs> and it was just, it was just like, Ooh, mm, how do I know? And like eyes squinted so tight. Um, so that gave me yeah, like he didn't have his glasses on or something and somehow squinting was going to make him right he's in front of him and he (laughs) he needs to squint also trevor you're a grown-ass man like just be like oh i don't recall like how do we know he's just have that conversation it was so weird like the interaction did not feel natural at all this happened to me recently like someone stopped (laughs) me like dead in the street and was like ashley and i was like uh and they had to explicitly explain who they were, but they did it so quickly that it wasn't awkward. But I can tell you right now, my reaction was not to squint. It was to like be paralyzed in fear. I'm sure like the color just drained from my face. I was mortified. So I didn't buy his reaction when he was like, oh, you look familiar, but I can't really place it. Come on, Trevor. Like you're a performer. You can give me a little more than that. All right. Um, but anyways, then they get to their, their conversation and this is when it gets even trickier because (laughs) Natasha has been leading with like, he cheated on my friend. He cheated, a cheater, which I don't think it's, I think it's fair to say that when you say someone's a cheater, the assumption, nine out of 10 people is that it involves a physical act or something akin to a physical act. Um, their conversation reveals that he he says, like, straight up, like, I, I never physically cheated on her. And then Natasha doesn't say, like, yes, you did. She just, like, she says something like, yeah, I know. Or, like, so that's not a point of contention. And, like, the whole thing is apparently that he emotionally cheated on her. And we don't really get any more information as to what that entails. He tells a story, if I remember correctly, about basically a relationship falling apart where it's like they were together however many years and at some point he like didn't feel as in the relationship anymore but did it 
broke up with her and so like it went on longer than it needed to Taylor's all this time and <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of it which was strange to me I don't even know where to start with this Shay I could do a whole podcast on emotional cheating I think it's perhaps the most fascinating part of modern relationships because social media has just opened the doors to a new kind of connection and way to be you know uh cheating I'm doing air quotes on the podcast cheating in a relationship and going back to verbatim what Trevor said he said I was texting another woman yes which on paper doesn't sound that bad the way he sold it doesn't sound that bad he immediately was like I should have left the relationship I wasn't happy but I can guarantee you those texts were not like Hey, how was your day, friend? Yeah. Have a good one. Like, you know, there was more to it. So, yeah, they might have been just text messages, but Natasha came in swinging, and I guarantee you those texts were a hell of a lot more um, intense than he led on. And yeah. poor Jamie is just like, okay, sure, yeah. I get that. And I was like, girl, no, no, like, hold your ground because she was so, um, heartbroken and she said that she's been cheated on in every relationship she's ever been in she also when they're on their date making out in a hot tub and she he i think starts and asks about like her past relationships and she says (laughs) she says like i've been cheated on all my cheated on in all my past relationships and basically says like if there's anything you need to tell me tell me now and he does it and of course the way the show is cut Natasha is that you're seeing at the same time Natasha running around every, telling everyone that she cheats and <laughs> there, there's this like counterbalance scene um, but yeah and like I think the thing with the text messages too like that wasn't and again this is all to like how they structure and edit the show or whatever but you don't hear about that so like at first it's like Trevor cheats and then it's like Trevor just emotionally cheated and then later when he's talking to Jamie he tells her about the text which I absolutely agree with you. I feel like there was a time, I mean, there still is, where like emotional cheating can be like an entirely like interior thing where it's like I am still a perfect, relatively perfect. I'm superficially a good partner, but in my head, I feel like I am emotionally cheating. And then there's, I don't know, I think text messages constitute acting on it to enough of a degree that you are like solidly in the cheating realm. But um, yeah, that's a, that, like you said, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, it is a whole other podcast. Cause I, I feel like the line is for some people, like I, I think it's pretty black and white, but I think a lot of people file it under more of a gray area. Yeah. Do you think though, that quote emotional cheating was worth Natasha coming in and labeling Trevor as this monster? I, I I would need to see the text. I I don't f- think so. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be the new like you know philosophy moral dilemma we're going to teach in colleges is uh, exposing emotional cheating. But also, I don't know if I. I mean, I don't like the come in and expose someone anyways gimmick, which is a I don't know reality TV thing but also a bachelor man. It's it's like, it's a drama thing. So I feel like that gets into the whole question of like, if you know somebody is, if you know your friend's boyfriend or girlfriend cheating on them, is it your place to tell them how close do you need to be? Like, didn't we have this conversation with about Victoria F too, like a couple weeks ago? Oh my God. It's like, who, when do you say something and like what, how close does your relationship need to be? Um, so like probably, probably in any world wasn't Natasha's place to like, like hunt, <laughs> hunt down her friends, ex-boyfriends, new girlfriend and like, be like, Hey, <laughs> also it's like, they're not dating. Like yeah. they literally in the reality television show have gone on a producer enhanced experience. We can't even call the, what they did a date. Like, you're just there to get your camera time. Yeah. So and I thought it was out of line. 
But also, it was like seemingly totally resolved where Jamie and Trevor talk and agree to like continue not dating or whatever it is that they're doing. And then Natasha like carries on with her own life. And like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a, a good first 20 minutes or whatever, but then we're, <laughs> we're on to the next drama. Right. It was like, okay, I thought that was going to, I'm kind of glad they didn't harp on it. Cause we've seen these, you know, like the champagne gate from Peter season. It's like, okay, that did not need to be more than a 10 minute snippet of an episode. And it lasted way too long. So I appreciated the drama. I appreciate it being concise, as strange as it all was. But in the end, Trevor and Jamie was like, I understand. Trevor kind of talked his way out of it. And Natasha went on to not wreak any more havoc in the house. But yeah. anyway, we, we have three more dates to talk about. We could go in circles on that. Trevor and Jamie seemed to kind of, it was a little blip on their relationship, but then they moved forward. Um, the next date in my power rankings of strange dates on the episode <laughs> takes the cake. This is my number one strangest date. Um, Brie and Chris <laughs> go on a date to the guitar center. <laughs> and I, when I heard that, I was like, I've seen those in like suburbia. I know what they are. I've seen them in the city. Like it's a chain that sells guitars. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's like some kind of niche hotspot in LA or wherever they're filming. And lo and behold, they roll up and it is a empty, unopened like guitar center store with just like retail merchandise everywhere. And if that wasn't weird enough, their date just consists of them saying, I love you way too soon and freestyling a song together. So if I wasn't so enamored with them as a couple, I would have just completely melted from cringing so much, but it was really strange. I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> First off, when they're driving up and they're like, are we going to guitar center? I couldn't read whether they were as like, are you kidding me? As I was, but it's like, yes, like here's your date guitar center. And they were like, <laughs> I wanted to be forgiving and understanding and thinking if I was a musician having free reign of a guitar center where there are, you know, thousands of extremely expensive instruments for me to play and, you know, whatever, that would probably be pretty cool. I, I can appreciate that. And like, I feel like I know people who can like spend hours in a guitar center the way I can spend hours in a bookshop or like whatever it is, like whatever. Cool. Still, the fact that it's a chain, just the general sort of one line description of their date was at a guitar center. Like it, it was, it was a lot to handle. Um, and then, yeah, with the, with the jumping into like the, like, I love you falling for you, all that stuff so early. Okay. I guess like they do seem really like as couples go on the show, rock solid, but also it's just, it's weird because you don't really know how much time they've spent together. Like she drops having been dumped by her fiance when she was about to buy her wedding dress, which that was the saddest, saddest yeah. story. I don't know why that one like hit me so hard, but she tells the story where she goes to text her fiance, like, babe, I just found the dress. I'm about to like swipe my credit card. And she tells the story like as if the next text bubble was like, don't do it. We're not getting married. And then they just continued with their guitar center date. Like that rocked me. That is so you talk about having to like defend your best friend's honor. Like imagine being, you know, Bree's best friend in that situation and cleaning up that mess. My God. Yeah. And then I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Cause I think, um, we, we both are musical people in the sense that we like music, but I, do not play well I used to play an instrument but I don't anymore like I would not describe myself as particularly like musical in that sense anyways what I'm getting at is Brie talks about how like music is another language for her and it's how she best communicates and so they start speaking or they start like like you said like freestyling this like song together to like convey their love um and then at one point she said something about how like even just like playing a note was like as powerful as, you know, 
and some other way of communicating. And I just was thinking, mm, no, like I, 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 I think I, I totally track the power of like a song that you write for someone or is written about an experience and like when sort of fully crafted like that itself is like a powerful mode of communication. But like, I think if I'm sitting next to someone and they're playing a piano I don't know. And maybe again, it's the way I'm wired versus the way Bree's wired, but it's like, I'm I'm not, I'm not reading that as like a strong, a good way to communicate relationship feelings. Yeah. I, like I said, you said it, I'm not a music person either. I'm, I prefer very uh, direct conversation and communication. So if someone's like, this melody made me think of you, I'd be like, Oh, that's sweet. But like, what does it mean? And, you know, I would love to be as um, easily impressed or as appreciative of music as these people are. But I'm in your boat. I'm like, wait, that's that's all it takes. Like just a, a melody or whatever. I get, you know, art in any form speaking differently to different people. But I was like, that's that's a bit too much. That's when I'm like, could I date a musician? Because clearly I do not appreciate it in the same sense that like if someone, we rolled up to Guitar Center, I'd be like, oh, are we running errands? Like, why are we here? <laughs> and they did kind of, they were like, everyone knows Guitar Center. We love it here. I'm like, okay. Like, I feel that way about the mall or whatever, but I would never want to go on a date there with someone I'm trying to like build a connection with in such a condensed form of time. So I think they're just really um, leaning into the musical journey show and we need to be a little more understanding. Good for them. (laughs) I feel like every time I watch this show and I feel myself going down the the rabbit hole of being like, what? Like there's no way they feel that way or, you know, what is going on? I'm like, you know what? Good for them. This is their journey. This is their show. I'm in my living room in my sweatpants, like different people, different strokes. Like y'all live your truth. So I'm trying to embrace it. Wonder how much of it is like when you do have feelings for someone interpreting literally anything as like a sign of that love where it's like, where it's like, she's super into Chris. So it's like, Oh, he played that chord in a way that spoke to me. (laughs) I don't know. Oh my God. When you say that though, I can hear, like I have, I can think of a few friends that I'm like, it meant nothing. Like they're like, why did he use like this word versus this one? I'm like, I don't know. Like he probably texted it like half looking at his phone. Don't overthink it. But (laughs) there are people that definitely latch on to every little thing. So maybe it was good that they were on the, the guitar center date when bachelor producers are budgeting for next to nothing for this show. And they're like, you know what? These two softies, they'll appreciate a poorly lit, closed guitar center. They're emotional beings. A ton of instruments and their their own corniness, which I I like them. Let's. I feel like we should move on because there's there's more to talk about, and ultimately we we like Chris and Bree. Continue yeah. on as you are they're stable. Yeah, I love we're we're harping on the very stable, clearly in love couple. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry, we like stability. Uh, next, though, date number three, Sheridan and Julia, oh, which, yeah. going back to my imaginary power rankings here, they roll up into a radio station, and I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, they're musicians. They're going to get some press. And then I realized that they're not there to necessarily sing. They're getting grilled by uh, radio hosts, uh, DJs. and. I also am thinking this probably isn't a real radio interview. Like why would they air these two people that no one knows prior to filming? So it just felt fake and strange. And they were asking really bizarro questions (laughs) that clearly made sweet little Sheridan uncomfortable. And so I felt bad. It was kind of a cringy date. Sweet little Sheridan. Sheridan to me felt like, the Ryan of this episode where he found himself in a love triangle and I felt myself disproportionately in his corner more than anything like that he particularly liked where it's like I feel like you're just you're you're not I don't know like you said dear sweet Sheridan he was not (laughs) my favorite part was that when they got to the singing 
Sheridan was like, can we have a few minutes to prepare? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to make you see a duet on the spot. <laughs> he was like clearly new to him, like very unchartered territory. Right. Like, can do we have time to pick the song? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, it was wholesome. It was wholesome. Um, it was at this point in the episode that my dear sweet mother started watching from the corner. She was like, I'm not watching that. And then she joined in. And she was like, it's so clear that he's into her and it's not reciprocated. Like from that one interaction, she walks in and was like, it's so obvious he's more into her. And then she like went back to whatever she was doing. And it planted the seed in my head that I really could not buy into them as equally invested parts. So, you know, as we kind of navigate into more of the the singing competition where a lot of it is rooted in chemistry and how they perform together, if they look that uncomfortable in a really intimate setting, then I'm curious with all the lights and theatrics moving forward, if they could pull off a more believable performance because she's clearly not into it. Yeah, and she's clearly, ma'am, like she, like, I think it's, it's, clear from the way that she's acting, but also, like, the things that she's, like, explicitly saying in her, like, like individual interview camera things, um, and also, like, the things she's telling people. It's just, it's so apparent that, like, she's savvy enough of the game or the show or whatever to, like, not cut him loose and not say, like, listen, I'm not feeling it, but also isn't... I don't know. Like it's, like, it's not, it's not there. Like even Jamie and Trevor for all we like to harp on them have more sort of chemistry or seem more compatible in that sense, or at least they're like into each other in like maybe damaging ways, but like they're into each other. <laughs> Julia and Sheridan just, she, I don't know. I, and I think that's why like you're more inclined or I'm more inclined to feel for Sheridan because it's like, he's so earnest and so, like before they go on this date, he's saying like, I'm really hoping like that this date like goes well and provides her with clarity that like, I'm like basically great and like blah, blah, blah. And she's, it's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't go that way at all. And like, he feels that too. I feel like you get the impression that he, he knows that this didn't go the way he wanted it to. Yeah. He's like the earnest character where they know they're not the top choice, but they still kind of hold on in hopes. Like they don't have enough confidence to just like walk away and make it work with someone else. They're like, you know, I respect that she's playing the game and I hope she picks me, but if she does it, like he's just so soft and wholesome and it bothers me. I kind of want him to have, a little more like mm, to him, you know. Yeah, I wanted him to to bail on her and buddy up with the. In addition to Natasha, we got two other new women this episode, and one of them is uh, named Ruby, and she's from Austin, and they have very similar aesthetics. And I was like, you two should pair up, be Austin pals, and I'm sure you guys would sound great together. And he he doesn't he he sticks with Julia. Do we want to talk roses already? Because. I feel like that's sort of the concluding note of their of their story, but I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. Uh, really quick, though. Just yeah. a quick side note. Perhaps what you and I talked most about last night is who the hell is Brandon? Oh my and God. where did he come into play? Because the episode started, like, the first hour was about, like, emotional cheating, and that was the buzzword. And then maybe I'm a little biased because it's literally what you and I were talking about, but... The second hour was this like fight to the death to be the one Brandon selects where I literally didn't even know who Brandon was coming into this episode. And the second half was, you know, three women trying to vouch for Brandon, who I still don't really get the hype, but it was kind of the theme of the second half of the episode, which is, I guess, circling back to Sheridan where he gets burned again because, you know, Julia's just like, you know, I am here to experience this. So you're a cool dude, but I'm still going to play the game. Like basically breaks his heart into a million pieces. And Brandon has a factor in that. So we have uh, this love triangle, I guess, of Mel. It's like a... Who, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess there's, yeah, there's three women in a triangle and then he is in the mix. Three Mel, women. Julia, and Savannah. And they're all pulling for this guy, Brandon, who I just 
feel like you could find a Brandon if you walked outside right now. So I, yeah, I need to interrupt <laughs> you because I just realized that the person that I thought was Brandon in the first episode wasn't Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> who did you think was Brandon? Uh, the bald guy. Because okay, no, like I knew who he was eventually, but they start oh, they start talking oh, about Brandon before you see him before you get a ton of screen time in the second last night's episode and mm. you're hearing about him and we we're like who is he who is he who looked him the night before and it was like oh like it it was savannah that gave him the rose the first night and i was like okay like i remember i at that point i put together who brandon was from like again like i had googled all these people before the show started i was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like he's the, the vet that you know yeah he brand him um and then once it became once they started leading into the julia brandon sheridan love triangle i was like okay so he's the other guy that julia was considering the first week but that wasn't i don't i'd have to go back and check but unless she was juggling three men her first her first week love triangle was the bald guy sheridan julia and then I don't know when she's sort of the bald guy, Josh. Do we know if that's his name? That's who you're because there's no I'm looking at the cast and everyone looks like they have a very healthy head of hair, but there's one man in a hat in his profile photo, Josh. Maybe so I think we need to name this bald man you keep speaking of, and I'm pretty sure his name's Josh. Okay. Uh that sounds right. He was the <laughs> one that was in in the that amazing screenshot of Sheridan approaching from behind. Um I'm pretty sure that was pretty sure that was the ball. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Josh, perhaps. But anyways, so Brandon, not Josh, is now <laughs> Julia is already she's that we'll get to this a little bit later, I think, but she I feel like is a undercover villain, a villain in disguise. Um, but so she's involved. because she, she's suddenly on the Brandon bandwagon. Savannah at first when we were trying to figure out who Brandon was and um Hunter, our producer, was like, oh, yeah, like, Savannah gave him the rose, but we don't, we haven't seen them. I was like, maybe she just did him, like, a solid, friendly rose and has, like, moved on. But then she picks Brandon for her date, and it's very clearly not just, like, a friendly move. And then there's Mel, who also comes out of left field. Left field. Left field. Yes. Dear sweet Mel. Mel, it seems like, was probably on the wrong show. She's talking to Brandon <laughs> at some point, and... Is explaining how, like, she's not a big... <laughs> I don't know who gave the cast the Love Languages book, but they keep name-checking it in, like, every conversation. Um, and he's saying, like, his love language is, like, physical touch or whatever. And she's like, that's very much not mine. Like, I don't hug. I'm, like, a big, like, let's just, like, shake hands and call it a day. And then she's, like, giving a bunch of, like, camera interviews about, like, opening up and, like, really feeling that, like, Brandon is, like the one um and it just it she goes from like zero to 60 so fast and he's just kind of sitting there and i i i guess i'm sympathetic to him because he he seems to treat their conversations as like we're on a dating show let's talk to each other yeah but it, like he clearly has options so he's not taking it all that seriously where like she literally says that she feels like if he gives her a rose it will change her life and i was just like ah she gets spoilers, but like she, she doesn't get the rose and she goes home and is like devastated by it. But I kind of feel like they did her a solid and that like, I don't know, it seemed like she was headed for, for a true and much worse heartbreak if she stuck around longer. Oh my God. I know. I um, feel like what she was articulating, like, you know, I'm more reserved. I don't open up. But then she was like weeping in the confessional interviews. Like there was a very strong disconnect with what she was saying and how she was actually feeling. And it was to a point where there were some red flags and I was genuinely concerned about her well-being. So I am happy that it didn't work out because, you know, when you say that getting a rose would change your life, like a rose is not like the, the ring at the end. It's not a recording contract. Like it is literally just to make it to the next episode. And yeah. that will change your life. Like, I know the bar is pretty low, but no, come on. Like, like staying into tears or running away when I think she, she started crying when Saviana asked Brandon on a date where it's like, it wasn't even Brandon doing anything. And it was, it was just, 
I don't know. We, we say this a lot, but it's like, it's, it's literally impossible for me to imagine the mental state of being on the show and just like what that kind of environment does to you, but, and like how it sort of like heightens your emotions anyways. But that was, that was rough. It, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I think she is really sweet and I liked her. So I'm happy. I'm with you. I think they, it was the best thing that could have happened for her was to get out of that situation as quickly as humanly possible because that was hard to see and I feel like in this little like dynamic that we have of Mel Julia and Savannah like Savannah and Brandon have had a thing they seem pretty stable Julia um as you've pitched is potential villain the fact that she's just playing the game a little too openly if that makes sense like she's very candid with her decisions that bothered me and then Mel was just like desperate so there was a nice scale of women pulling for brandon and um while that's unfolding i feel like there was just a lot of chaos and ryan who was the star of the first episode kind of won everyone over we didn't see too much of him this episode he's straight chilling in his like harry potter glasses on the couch (laughs) and all the women who are realizing oh shit i need to get a rose are uh kind of going after him it's funny because they literally act like it's an empty room and he's chilling like on the couch waiting for people to come to him so um we have at the end there is this mel julia savannah brandon dramas unfolding we have ryan who is approached by rudy and natasha who are very uh strong and dominant personalities in the house and assertive yes like they're going after it and um they both kiss ryan and basically are like hey i'm here like roses are in the guy's court this week like don't forget about me and i thought that was going to be it and then i don't know how drunk rudy was but if we circle back to episode one where um what's his name matt yeah matthew he matt I guess, you know, they got in this little tizzy because Matt told Rudy she he was interested in going on a date. She was like, how dare you go on a date with someone else? Guess who it all comes back full circle. Rudy is speaking gibberish, literally launches herself onto Matt and they get they end up pairing off together. So this whole thing is unfolding. I know none of that was connected, but that's how it felt watching it. It was all over the place i so first of all i want to say to their credit they did there was like a small scene early in the episode where matt and rudy basically like make amends or just kind of do like hey like so we're good we're good and like so their drama again we mentioned this a little bit before with jamie and trevor and the emotional cheating i think i'm enjoying about the show is how quickly drama is resolved and i know that probably speaks to it being manufactured but into a viewing experience is like I like it I like introduce the drama give me like 30 to 45 minutes of you know people talking shit and then let's move on (laughs) we don't need you know this thing like dragged and teased for weeks on end so I appreciate that they're they're good but yeah like he's like Rudy first off she jumps Ryan like rather aggressively again editing but it seems like they're talking for 30 seconds before she's like so we should kiss right and then launches herself on him Then immediately goes to Matt, which she feels like was probably her plan all along a little bit. And like, I was fine with that. I think the whole vibe of the cocktail, the pre-rose ceremony cocktail party was like women very aggressively making moves on the men in order to sort of get that rose. And so do what you gotta do, girl. But also I didn't appreciate that she immediately like talked shit about Ryan and like, I appreciate what she was saying, which was basically like, I made out with him to see if anything was there. I didn't feel anything. So now I'm back to you. But the way that it was delivered was just very, I don't know. It, it seemed like she was like, I, maybe again, like I'm too defensive of dear sweet Ryan, but yeah, it, it seemed like, oh, come on, you don't have to, like, put him on blast like that. You could just move on and be like, hey, I, you know, spent some time talking to him and I'm back to you. But, yeah, they're going to be volatile as, yeah, yeah, they're 
<laughs> there are going to be fireworks there, I feel. I love it. And I think, you know, with a normal Bachelor season, we have a couple more episodes. So things are drawn out where this is so compacted that there's part of me that's a little overwhelmed by all the dynamics. Yes. But I love the pacing and how quickly things are developing. And I think next week they kind of tease a lot more tears and a lot more drama, which circles back to you painting Julia as the potential quote unquote, like villain of the season. Mm -hmm. So next week looks like, you know, the, the competition heats up, they have to take the stage and really lean into the musical aspect of this. In addition to navigate some of these relationships that they're forming so I'm excited because I think everyone's gotten to know each other. There's a little tension, there's some connections, and it's all just in this melting pot of emotions and chaos. And next week, I think it's going to boil over. Yes, I think the Julia thing, like we didn't mention this, but while everyone was, you know, doing everything at the cocktail party, she comes back and like, it's, I don't know, it was just... I'm, I really like her and I think she has a great voice, but at the same time, she does so many things. I don't know. It's like you were just saying, like, you could see the friend parallels of like, man, like, I, <laughs> I would not be making the choices you are. But yeah, just like she was so angry about Brandon being on a date that another woman picked him for. Um, and then she heard, but like, she didn't know he was on a date because she herself was on a date. And then she approaches him at the cocktail party and is like, look, I know you have a thing with Savannah. I know you have a thing with like this and that. And like, but like, I'm looking out for me and then sort of starts making out with him too, which hurts dear sweet Sheridan and probably annoys Mel and Savannah. And so it's a whole, I don't know. She's, she, I will be interested to see whether that's something that is carried throughout or whether, you know, it resolves and, I don't know. I think we're seeing these like big splashy moments of drama, like "Ooh, Trevor's a cheater," and then like subtly, <laughs> the real drama is uh, Julia. Um, so Julia. Should we run through who got roses? Yes. Do you have it in front of you? You can inform our listeners. Yes. <laughs> if you guys so. haven't picked up Shay, is the the organized uh, note taker <laughs> of the group here. Um, Chris. Gave his rose to Brie. Obviously, everyone saw that coming. I did appreciate them getting that out of the way first. And also, Chris giving it, like, a moment too long. I'm like, come on, man. We all know what you're doing here. Uh, <laughs> Matt picked Rudy, of course. They're going to be, you know, hot and heavy and fireworks galore. Ryan picked Natasha, which seemed straightforward. Um, Danny, who nobody saw all episode, picked Becca, who also nobody saw like, all episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, who nobody saw all episode, picked Ruby, uh, the new woman from Savannah, or no, the new woman from Austin. Brandon picked Savannah, which was like the drama of the moment. Um, Trevor picked Jamie. That was early. Sorry, I'm going out of order and least dramatic. And then finally, Sheridan with the last rose gave it to Julia, which we, um, I, I think I think that is underrated is watching the other couples watch people get roses and how upfront they are with like their feelings where Trevor and Jamie were like in the, the room before Ryan gives his rose and they were like vocally rooting against Natasha getting a rose because you know, she had been creating drama. So Trevor wanted her gone, right? whatever they move on. But the entire room wanted Sheridan to pick Mel Mm-hmm. And it was just and then or no. The entire room wanted Brandon to pick Mal, I think. No, I don't know. I can't remember. But the point was like they were you you the camera would cut to that room and everyone would be like, pick Mal, pick Mal, or like I don't know. And then they would see it was Julia and they'd all come back, oh it's just I uh, I like it. I like the the formula of drama that the show is rolling with. I do too. I think there's an element it feels more candid and natural and I would love take note bachelor producers if <laughs> as the women like I would love to see and hear what the 
women or men, depending on the season, if they did like a simulcast like that, where you could listen to what they were complaining about or gossiping about after they haven't gotten a rose. Like once you're exiled from the mansion, you go to a separate mansion where they cast like you just like dishing the dirt on your housemates and just gossiping about everything. Because I think there's a lot of truths that never get unfolded due to production reasons. Um, okay, so next week we have drama. We have more music. I'm not a huge fan of... Yeah, we have the competition, which is kind of the whole point of the show. Yeah. I'm not a big music competition person. Um, was never really into the American Idols, the voice, whatever, of these... Uh, of our reality television sphere. But I think, again, knowing it's only four episodes and there's an element of relationships and drama behind the scenes, I'm really excited to see how it unfolds. Yeah, I also don't really watch any of those shows. And I think part of the problem for me has always been the sheer quantity. Like, they always start with a couple of weeks of auditions. There are just so many people. And they're all, like, it feels like, like roughly the same level of middling talent. So, like, it's just, it. I don't know. I, there's a couple barriers to entry for me with, a show like The Voice or American Idol or whatever, but I don't think they exist here because, like you said, like I'm already invested in these people. I already know them. There's only eight pairs, sixteen people total. Like I, I don't know. I'm already, I'm already there, so I feel like it'll be very easy for me to like bring my own strong opinions. Get invested. In. What you strong opinions? Um, okay. Well, as we wrap it up here today, you know we uh, appreciate you guys listening. We are streaming the podcast on all of the major streaming platforms. If you want to go like, rate, subscribe, we do appreciate your support. If you leave us a review and drop a question in that review, we will answer it on the podcast. Um, so go and check that out on Apple on google wherever else you listen to your podcast leave us a question shay and i'll answer it well uh, it could be about anything shay i'm opening the door here not to put you on the spot but yeah sure let's do it (laughs) she's all in yeah sure question about anything we love hearing from you guys and i'm really excited to see uh kind of where this goes next week we got competitions we got drama thank you guys for listening tuning in every week we are here to talk all things bachelor signing off Shay, we'll talk next week. All right, see you then. Bye, guys.